When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Beyond the Pearls podcast, based on the Morning Report series from Elsevier. This podcast has been adapted for audio in collaboration with series editor Dr. Raj Dasgupta, as well as the volume editor for each book. Each episode features an in-depth case dissection format and aims to deliver practical, concise, and easy-to-digest information. And now, here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Beyond the Pearls podcast. My name is Esther G. Chong. I'm a second-year hematology-oncology fellow at Loma Linda University Medical Center, and I will be discussing an interesting case about a patient with lung carcinoma. So let's jump right in. So we have a 57-year-old male who is seen in the emergency room with a one-week history of worsening shortness of breath and a productive cough. He has a history of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or COPD, and has shortness of breath at baseline but he says that his recent shortness of breath is worse than what he's used to. He uses albuterol and corticosteroid inhalers and was recently at a different urgent care and was diagnosed with COPD exasperation for his symptoms. He was sent home with oral corticosteroids and azithromycin, but this morning he started having hemoptysis, so he came to our emergency room. Further history shows that he has had a 20-pound weight loss in the past two months and a 50-pack year smoking history. He's satting about 92% on the pulse oximeter on room air, and all of his other vital signs are stable. So, what are some things that should jump out at you in this presentation? First off, it's really curious that he was prescribed medications for his COPD exacerbation, or assumed COPD exacerbation, but these did not really improve his symptoms. So, likely, it's not really due to COPD. What concerns me are more of his chronic symptoms of weight loss, his smoking history, as well as his hemoptysis. In cases like this, a more serious pathology cannot be ruled out and should be thoroughly evaluated. So we should always screen for malignancy. Other things that we should think of are infectious causes and vasculitis. So in order for us to really try to get a view as to if it could be one of these things, Let's start off with a complete blood count and a chest x-ray to start. So we order these studies and the patient's CBC shows a leukocytosis of 12,000 and the chest x-ray shows a 2.5 centimeters right upper lobe lung mass as well as a pleural effusion on the right side. That pleural effusion looks pretty good and you think you can do it. So you do a thoracentesis at the bedside and you remove a liter of fluid. The patient is then admitted to the general medicine floor. Let's take some time here to talk about pleural effusions. So pleural effusions are fluid that accumulates within the parietal and visceral pleura and can be either exudative or transudative. You can tell if it's exudative or transudative based on the lights criteria. So if a patient's pleural fluid protein to serum ratio is greater than 0.5, or if the fluid has an LDH that's greater than 0.6, or the LDH is greater than two-thirds of the upper limit of normal, 
then it's an exudative effusion. If it doesn't, then it's a transudative effusion. The most common causes of exudative fluid is infectious and malignant. So in this gentleman's case, you have just done a thoracentesis and you send it off to the lab. They do their testing and it's consistent with an exudative pleural effusion. Since the fluid is exudative, you want to rule out an infectious or malignant etiology. So we order a cell count with differential, glucose, adenosine deaminase, and cultures. The lab calls you and tells you that the glucose is low at 55. The cell count shows a lymphocyte predominance, and the cytology shows an atypical epithelioid cell presence. These results are concerning for a malignancy, and so let's order a CT for a closer look at that mass. You get a CT chest with contrast, and it shows a 2.5 centimeter spiculated mass with no lymphadenopathy. He gets a biopsy done and is discharged from the hospital because of his stable respiratory status after you do that great thoracentesis. You see him in your office afterwards and the pathology has confirmed lung adenocarcinoma. I want to take a quick detour to the various presentations of lung cancer. In our patient, he presented initially with signs and symptoms of a lung mass, the hemoptysis and pleural effusions, the worsening shortness of breath. But depending on the location and size of the tumor, you can have various presentations. For example, a pancos tumor is one that is causing pressure of surrounding vasculature. Patients can come in with a Horner syndrome, which consists of meiosis, anhydrosis, ptosis, and inoptimos, as well as pain in the shoulder. Other times, they can present with an SVC syndrome which is a superior vena cava syndrome, which is caused by this tumor compressing the superior vena cava. Patients will present with facial edema and upper extremity edema too. And finally, Lambert-Eaton syndrome, which is a paraneoplastic syndrome that causes proximal limb muscle weakness. All three of these presentations are pretty serious presentations of lung cancer and may require some kind of emergent medication or surgical intervention. Thankfully, in our patient, he doesn't seem to have any of these symptoms. Plus, when you did the CT chest, he had no other sites of concerns other than the 2.5 centimeter mass. So he's referred to thoracic surgery for a surgical evaluation, and he undergoes a lobectomy without complications, and yay, negative margins. What an interesting case. Now that we have a diagnosis, and technically he kind of got treatment already. But let's talk more in depth about lung adenocarcinoma. So to talk about lung adenocarcinoma, let's first talk about lung cancers in general. So in general, lung cancers are divided into two groups, small cell and non-small cell. The non-small cell carcinomas can be broken down further, and the two main subtypes are squamous cell carcinomas and adenocarcinomas. It's really important to identify the type of lung carcinoma because it helps us to stage the patient correctly, and it will also determine the best treatment course of action. We rely heavily on pathology to help us diagnose the kind of lung cancer that a patient has, and they usually will use various stains to help determine the type of lung carcinoma, as well as looking at the cells themselves for some identifiable characteristics. Some stains that are really useful are in adenocarcinoma, some of the positive ones are going to be their thyroid transcription factor 1, or TTF1, and cytokeratin 7, or CK7. 
In squamous cell carcinoma, usually you'll see cytokeratin 5-6, P63 positive, TTF1, and CK7 negative. In large cell carcinoma, TTF1 is usually negative, and in small cell carcinoma, the synaptophysin, chromogranin, CD56, and TTF1 are positive. Yeah, there's a lot of different letters and numbers in these stains. And it's always going to be best to just call the pathologist and have them explain it to you. I still do. <laughs> so now that we've talked about diagnosing lung carcinomas, let's talk about prognosis and treatment. One of the most common questions we get in oncology is one of prognosis, which is really understandable. And while there are a lot of factors that determine a patient's prognosis, three of the most important factors are, number one, the type of cancer that they have number two, the stage of the cancer, and number three, a patient's performance status and health. So for patients with this patient's cancer, adenocarcinoma, localized disease is usually treated with surgery and then sometimes requires adjuvant chemotherapy thereafter. Other times, we can use a combination of chemotherapy and radiation therapy together, which is then followed by immunotherapy. And then patients with metastatic disease are usually not curable and treat it with targeted therapy if there is a targetable mutation, or with chemotherapy and or immunotherapy combo. While I'd like to go a little bit more in depth, just know that the landscape of lung cancers is rapidly changing, and every year there are new updates in research further refining our understanding and treatment of the disease. So let's wrap it up. Here's some pearls to remember about lung cancers. Number one. Always suspect lung cancers in patients with a significant smoking history with respiratory symptoms and B symptoms. These B symptoms are fatigue, weight loss, night sweats, chills, and especially in those that are not up to date on their lung cancer screening. Number two, a patient can have different presentations based on the extent of their disease and watch out for emergent symptoms related to their malignancy. Number three, There are various types of lung cancers and the type and stage are supremely important because they determine both treatment and prognosis. And finally, number four, the treatment of lung cancer is rapidly changing and may involve a multidisciplinary approach consisting of surgery, chemo and or immunotherapy and or targeted therapy and radiation therapy. For more pearls, look to the end of this chapter for a list of both high yield and clinically relevant pearls. That's it for the chapter. Again, my name is Esther Chong, and it was a pleasure being able to discuss lung cancer with you. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Pearls podcast from Inside the Boards. This podcast is executive produced by Christopher Brightigan and Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Ars longa, vita brevis.